You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. From Chicago, this is the Chavrusa. I'm Avram Kipolevich. And I'm Kalman Warch. Happy, can I say happy? It is Memorial Day, so if there are people listening, I do want to say Memorial Day. And the fact that I even said happy Memorial Day is a proof of how far we've gone from Memorial Day, right? Now, let's talk about, Kalman, the Yeshiva Velt is going to call this uh, Legal Holiday Day. Legal Holiday, yes, we're going to bring in the before COVID, we're going to bring in, you know, some speaker to speak about something, which has nothing to do with halal, with, with whatever America, the United States has decided to use this Monday as Memorial Day. But I think yeah, it just... Got- I, I would even put in, if I may, it almost like the Shiva world uses it as what Chazal would have called those Yarche Kala, those opportunities when people who were in agricultural society, there were certain times of the year that were just open and they would take advantage and use that so that's kind of where it's gone it's a it's a it's it's a day off and more than that i think once the they decided around 50 years ago i don't remember when it was maybe 40 years ago can't remember the exact date you know i am that old when they decided that memorial day wouldn't be may 30th but it would actually be the last monday in may allowing it to become the, the, the sacred <laughs> for people in their mind, the three-day weekend where they would be able to get leave work early on Friday, maybe even Thursday, and really have action. And that was going to be always, you know, Friday and Saturday and Sunday, and even get Monday off. And, and I think because of that, and because of, of course, the, the closeness that it has to the summer season, it's the unofficial beginning of summer, right? Memorial Day, the unofficial beginning of summer. And I think because of that, um, that's really the mentality in most of the secular American world that you've now become very familiar with, despite the fact that you were born in uh, England. <laughs> um, I used to have to ziddle you more about that when your accent was more pronounced. Uh, you can almost you can almost um, pass for an American now. <laughs> anyway, the point though is is that I think it, I'm not sure if any of that was to be taken complimentary. <laughs> You probably would because, you know, you, you consider yourself an English show. But here's the point. Memorial Day, even for Americans, is sort of vague. Now, of course, if you uh, – I listened to Fox News this morning, and they had a very special um, discussion after the news headlines about what Memorial Day is. And if you want to surf the Internet, you, you're going to get it immediately. That it is really about um, honoring the dead of uh, in wars fought for the United States. What's really interesting though, Scott, before we get to the meat of our discussion, is that it really arose primarily after the Civil War when there were so many dead, when the amount of dead was so enormous in the United States, uh, the most, the bloodiest war proportionately that the United States ever fought. Uh, in many ways, the war that shaped uh, the mentality of the United States, even in terms of red states and blue states. Again, I don't want to get into the whole history or pseudo sociology about the Civil War, but the but the event of of Decoration Day, which was what many uh, women of the South started to do, because there were so many dead, and there were so many people buried, brought to death, uh, young people that they decorated their graves. Now let me explain this a little bit better. They decorated their graves because what else were they supposed to do? 
So it was generally done in the South when the flowers started to bloom. When the flowers started to bloom, they could come up with a decoration. They weren't necessarily decorated with medals or with fireworks, but they could at least find flowers with which to adorn the graves. And that's why it was called Decoration Day. You're decorating the graves. And the reason why it ended up becoming May or May 30th was because in the North, flowers bloom later than they do in the South, which gets, of course, uh, and therefore, that was the period that people understood to decorate and, and connect to the dead. Now, of course, the Civil War is, is, is a war uh, that was what, whatever the ideas that were fought there for slavery and other things, it really ripped the kishkas out of the United States. And it made sense for uh, the living to come to terms again and to deal with the, that, that, the, the death uh, in, in a cathartic way. I think once it's now been streamlined and it's become uh, Memorial Day uh, to, to honor those that have died in war, um, you know, it, the Southern element has been eliminated, but I think the national element can still be emphasized. And it obviously is not. Uh, it, and that does not to say that in, in areas where people have servicemen, they don't visit the cemeteries and they don't, um, uh, our, our president is going to Arlington, one of the national uh, cemeteries for uh, fallen soldiers at the tomb of the unknown soldier, and that's being done. But I think you're right. Most people just see it as the day off. And I guess what I want to talk to you about, first of all, is do you think we as Jews, as religious Jews, as educated Jews, as Jews who care about our status in this community and maybe being good citizens, should at least take today and try to educate ourselves a little bit about what this day means and to maybe think a little bit significantly about the what sacrifices the United States soldiers have made, whether you agree with the causes that they fought for completely, to keep this country free and to give them the freedom to have this incredible day off. Because my feeling, Kalman, is, is that it's completely barren in most of the yeshiva world and the Torah world, like I say, it's like they don't, I, maybe they pay lip service to it, but there's very little knowledge and feeling about it. Right. Well, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even give them lip service, meaning I, I wouldn't even say that. The fact that they're calling it a Memorial Day and some will even avoid using the term Memorial Day, they just call it legal holiday, as you mentioned, because it doesn't really matter. It's, it's, it's a, it just happens to be a day when... Uh, I don't think that it's healthy for um, the society that we are in to completely be unaware. And so I want to differentiate between being aware that it's out there and actually recognizing it or celebrating it. I think that it is very important for all the Jews in the United States, uh, no matter what level of your religious observance. And, and this goes all the way up into the, the most um, the most stringent and extreme and ultra-Orthodox Jews, I think all of them need to do a better job in general of understanding the gift, which is the United States of America, and the opportunity that, uh, that it's just, I think part of the issue is that we've been burnt so many times, you know, maybe when we were in Spain and, and uh, in the, uh, the days of 
of the Nagid in the days of, we also thought, hey, Spain is the, the best place we've been in a thousand years. And they're, they're, they're allowing us whatever we want, whatever we need, they're treating us. Like, and then, and then a, a short while later, they, they, they turned on us and they just expelled us and destroyed us. And then the same thing happened if you go from country to country. So I, I, I almost feel like to some extent, we're very wary of of allowing ourselves that level of recognition of the goodness that a country does for us because it almost we're almost scared of becoming comfortable in, in in this place and saying look america really has stepped up and done what no other country has done for us and and the truth is it is different because people will say well that's what they said in spain that's what they said in germany yeah but they didn't but those, they didn't but those are those different. were countries that were essentially countries that were outgrowths of a religious mentality whereas although there is a deism in the united states officially it isn't about religion it's about a certain human ideal right, well, and that was and that was something that was unheard of in history uh, the united states and of course followed by the french revolution um so, right. I mean, I, I, I don't know if, um, I, I, and it's usually said that way, that, you know, it's the, the removal of the religion is kind of a positive element in this regard, although I would say not too much of a removal of religion, because once you go into secularism, now you fall into a whole new place. It, it was a removal of particularism of religion. They right. didn't really think about the atheists or other you know, people who believed in polytheism. So they felt that if they used the term God, that God, the creator, gives uh, these rights to mankind, that was itself something... I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. The, 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 the concepts of all men are created equal. The fact that the country is built on that means that Jews should be allowed to practice Judaism without anyone bothering them about it. We should be able to live our lives, live and and uh, let people live the way that right. they want right. to Right, and even whatever you want to say about Biden, he did come out very strongly uh, condemning anti-Semitism. So that is really an echo. Right. So, so to continue my point, I, I think that we do need to, um, I, I, we do need to appreciate the United States of America and recognize it for what it is. Now, going so far and to get into um, connecting with the troops in that way and connecting to the soldiers, I think that that steps it up a new level. Oh, okay, and- but you know, before, wait a second, you're right, there's, uh, but I think there's a level before that, before we talk about feeling uh, a, a, a sense of connectedness to our American troops, which I, I, I'm going to debate with you about that. I just want to talk about this thing first. There are many uh, Rabonim, who famously put out the flag on July 4th. I was very close with a, a, a very wonderful in Miami, Rabdov David Meisels. Uh, his brother was, of course, the more famous brother, uh, the Weizenerov, who I'm sure you've heard of because you live in Chicago. And of course, you go, you, you, you know Weizen very well, I believe. <laughs> but anyway, his, the Weizenerov's younger brother, uh, used to put out the flag on July 4th. Uh, there might have been others, I think, Rav Palm or Victor Miller. I, I might be getting the names wrong, but I or know... Victor Miller, certainly. Yeah. Yes. So I know that the idea of, of, of pride in the United States and what the United States stood for and how the United States saved us. But I want, before we move on to the troops, I think it's also important to recognize, whether you be- agree with it or not, that they've decided that this is a day to be Makir, the fallen dead. 
before we get what we're talking about right 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 but wait but 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 right but to know that what memorial day is and therefore it would be a tremendous kiddush hashem if there would be videos of the jewish school children going to the military cemeteries which are all over this country and being makir we in fact even though their their non-jewish counterparts are just waiting for Memorial Day to get to the beach. And especially now that COVID's off, they, the restrictions have been lifted. We always need to show our Akarasatov, as Rabbi Moshe Feinstein said many times, we've got to go beyond the level of others and show our Akarasatov. And listen to what I'm saying here, to understand even better than they do what Memorial Day is about. And to be able to say, look, because many, although there were uh, Jewish veterans who died, in these wars, uh, some incredible stories, which I know you wanted to talk about, about, and I'm not trying to steal your thunder. Well, no, we can talk about that later. Right, I, but, I, but I, what I'm, I'm saying, sure you are here. what I'm saying is, is that even though we don't have many in our families, we'll talk about why not, who are part of those four who have died. And even though we're going to be talking about people who died in Vietnam or people who died, uh, and we're, not, we're talking about people who, who were brought back in body bags, Right, not not veterans who ended up dying and get burial in a certain place. It's really about people who died in. Yeah, I, I hear you, and, and I said I understood. I'm just so. Do you agree? Do you so? Let's argue about this first. Well, that's what I'm to. trying. To, that's what I'm trying to get. I to. know you are. Do you, you agree? Do you make your point? So what I, I'm saying is that it's a step above the level of appreciation for the country, meaning that. That putting out the flag on July 4th is, is one level. In connecting to the fallen soldiers as they having died for you, which is essentially what you're saying, is another level of connection that, that, that you're asking people to make. And that's where I think people have drawn the line, is that they'll appreciate America and they'll appreciate America as dumb for us, but still as guests. I'm, I'm making as guests rather than as citizens, as residents. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a citizen, but, but for those who are, um, the, the, um, t- even the, even having citizenship is more a matter of convenience than it is a sense of belonging. And I feel like to many people, connecting in the way that you're describing would make them feel like they're now an element of this country and that's very scary for a religious Jew who's meant to be a a strangers in a land not theirs and as welcome as they're making us feel and, and we're grateful for that there are people who are hesitant to take that step that makes it my country so are you, are you behind them be courageous here. Or do you believe that that is a good thing and that we should try to change that? Well, I, I don't want to go so far. And that's what, that, yeah, <laughs> okay. I don't want to go so far to say that, that connecting in this way is, is, is a, a abandoning, you know, the, the Tzipisa, the Yeshua, our hope for salvation. I don't want to go so far, but I do want to say that it does make sense to me that we as Jews okay, are so, just, we're okay, not so, ready to invest in anyone in that way. So you're sort of like understanding, justifying it, but you're not necessarily arguing that it must stay that way. Okay, I, so I just want to know in our yeah. argument, I want to know what no, I understand. Better. I'm okay. saying it's not heresy to celebrate Memorial Day, but it's likely more than what we need to be doing. 
Okay. So I, I'm going to say that we need, especially as the anti-Semitic attacks have shown. Now, I know most of them were yeah, but I don't want it to be uh, for the purpose of protection. No, no. Uh, what our debate uh, is okay. Is. Look, right. Kalman, it, 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 it always goes together. Uh, it's not about that, because I would also agree that if there was any issue of anti-Semitism, if you've got a neighbor who, who, who makes a barbecue for Memorial Day and you don't show up because you can't celebrate an American thing and now he's insulted because you don't appreciate it, we're not going. Comment, forth, comment you you're selling. The, comment the question selling. here is whether whether it should be essentially. So I'm just asking you to let's leave aside the 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 AVA. Oh, OK, look, we are. This is a complex community that exists here in the United States. The Jewish community, whether, you know, and we've been criticized for having double allegiances, it's always very complex. The difference between, I don't want to make a chil Hashem, that I don't want someone to burn my house down, is always a little bit of a, a, a fine line. What I'm saying is like this. We know that we, the microscope is on us. We know that we are Mamlechas Kohanim and Goikonosh. We know that our actions, especially in light of, 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 of the um, trampling over whatever the Xeros were during COVID, I'm just going to throw that in as well. I think it behooves us not just to, to, to make a show, but also to understand. Because I think the more we understand, the more real it is, and it's not just an act of a robot or, hey, do we have to do this? Otherwise, the Goyim are going to hate us. I think we need to understand it and educate. And the way you educate, as you know, as a teacher like we, part of it is face-to-face, part of it is information, and part of it is experiential. So the experience, since it is a day off, instead of saying, oh, we're going to necessarily, let's all, you know, do something since we have the day off, let's, you know, whatever the event that's planned, we should educate and give our students and ourselves the knowledge of what that means. To even go to a cemetery and see other families there crying and, and, and saying, hmm, you know, and, and, and stand there respectfully to bring flowers. And to, even though it's not our minag, and to bring flowers and put it on the graves of fallen soldiers, I think that would do a lot. Not just, you're right, it would definitely cover us, but would also inculcate within us what the idea is. And to realize that when you die for something, and, and, and just to think about what that means. Listen, both of us know that World War II is so gigantic. There's so many aspects of it. I've taught history, you've taught history, that it's hard to get a hook. When you can tell the story of one person who died on Omaha Beach, and you can talk about that person and go to his grave, that is a entranceway into the enormity of what American soldiers did. Can you imagine? Let's just talk for a second here. Here they were in the United States, thousands of miles away across the ocean, and, get, and, and enlisting and going out there. And going and, 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 and getting on the Normandy Beach, Omaha Beach, as it was called, Omaha, a place in, a place in, 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 in where is it, Omaha, right? In, 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 in Oklahoma, right? Nebraska? In Nebraska, right? I'm sorry, I don't know. I forgot for a second. A place in Nebraska is now a spot in France, a beachhead is called the Omaha Beach. And that is where these boys from Nebraska, from Kansas, from all over the place, landed knowing 
that the first wave was probably going to be slaughtered because they knew the way the Germans had set up their guns, that they would be slaughtered. But it was crucial to that first wave to get there in order for the second and the third or whatever it was to come in and overwhelm. I, I appreciate your passion in this, and I, as much as I appreciate your passion in all things, but but I, I'm going to pull back, disagree about the concept of going to the cemetery and, and that. I think that's too much. Now, on July 4th, I've heard at some of these legal holiday, I'm making air quotation marks for for uh, those listening at the legal holidays, I've heard on July 4th, they say, you know, we have to appreciate America. They'll give that America, you know, the, the 10 seconds before they, they go into a discussion about, uh, about whether, you know, a, a whole hour sheer on whether you should say Hashem Svasai Tiftach out loud by Chazar Sashat, as if that's somehow related to, right? But, but my Memorial Day, I've never heard that. I've never heard that. And, and I, I have to agree with you that on some level that, that, uh, if you are going to give it to July 4th, maybe give it to Memorial Day as well and say, you know, this is the day when, when the United States of America appreciates the people who have died there, who have bled red, white, and blue for the sake of the country and for the sake of us. And I don't want to say, I don't know if you were going here, that, you know, they came across the ocean to save us. They came across the ocean to save themselves and us included. So it wasn't like, it wasn't, it wasn't like that, but there's, they did save us. One second. I, no, I'm going to disagree. They defeated the Nazis. That's right. Now, look, you're right. There was this idea that Roosevelt and others had planted, and it, maybe it was true that if we don't go over there, they're going to come for us. And maybe they did but, not go because the Jews are in trouble. Right? I'm asking, they didn't do that either. Right, but they came. But but many they of them saved us. In the right. end, they saved right. us, and, and we they have to say thank you. And they, we, they say thank you to the people who gave their lives for us. And now, they, I think that the way to say thank you to them would be to you know give them that shout out. Which which is just about which is just about what your typical typical American would do. We don't have to be that that um, you know red, white, and blue all over the house as you call it to decorate. I don't know if we have to decorate. I go down to the cemetery, but but, but we should we we should. I, I, I'm conceding that the omission completely leaves a very very loud um, um, silence. In, in in the in in the purpose of the day. Okay, and I think that it's really uh, just to finish this point. In general, we, we so we know about our history and we teach it, but I think that the uh, the ideology and the and the, the the ideas behind what America is about, including why they're celebrating these days, is ignored definitely in the yeshiva uh, in the yeshiva world. And maybe even in the more modern schools, I don't know. I mean, I've taught in those schools, but I didn't teach in the secular studies department. However, I think that is something... Well, I'm just going to throw in, just to address this point, I think that what's happened in, in the modern schools is you have another issue, because there you do have this issue of the kids kind of getting confused with that dual allegiance, because they they, they raise the flag on Yom Atzmaut, and it's a whole ceremony. And maybe they're scared of Doing something like that with the with the flag of the United Yo States, Yo Karon. right? So, so doing that, right? So, because of that, I think you're on a bigger, uh, a separate issue, which is that it comes up against you know the allegiance to the state of Israel. But, but, but in the yeshiva world, where that isn't necessarily the reason why they're not um, connecting to the United States, yeah, I, I want to throw in, if I may, one little thing. You know, in Europe, 
every single shul in Europe, Hasidish, Litvish, wherever you were, said on, on Shabbos would recite the Mishaberach for the government. And when you came to the United States, while while the, um, many of the more modern shuls still do it, the more yeshivish places and the Hasidish places gave it up. Why? This was common. This was done in every single shul. And not because they were watching. It, it says, it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah der Rabbanan. Have a mispalu b'shalom machus. So I think on some level, you can disagree with me on my analysis, but I think on some level, it's because there were new mishaberachs introduced for the state of Israel, for the army, for, for all of that. And I think that the... the, the, the more, <laughs> no, no, I think that the, the, what they said was, if we do some and not others, we're creating more issues for ourselves. So let's just cut it all out. And we do Yikum Pork and then move on to Avarachman. Oh, come on now, one second. Okay, this is a total different show. But the no, I, I know, I know. The the point, let, let, me make, let, me, let me finish the okay. point. I think in the same way, that there are, there's almost like this, this fear of going there, because then we have to start talking about, well, where is our allegiance? What is our country? And so to some, to some extent, you just kind of cut the whole thing out and ignored it. And that's maybe what happened in the yeshiva world. And uh, is that, you know what, let's just not, we're not, we're not talking about it and not dealing with it. Yeah, it could be. Look, again, I think that the, you haven't really responded, I think, adequately uh, to what I was trying to get at, which is we whether we need to work harder understanding um, the the underpinnings of this country and their celebra- their celebrations are significant um, well, even I, what's I, that, I, even I, even if the rest of the non jewish world or their average non jewish neighbor doesn 't have that, I think that it behooves us to be elevated citizens who understand. And I think, to, for example, even to, you, the, the kids should understand, well, they don't get off Veterans Day, but to understand there's a difference between Memorial Day and Veterans Day and July 4th, just to know what the difference is, to know, uh, okay, I love America, okay, yeah, what is the difference, and therefore... Yeah, I'm agreeing with you on this. I think that knowledge, understanding, and appreciation of the country you're living in on more than just the surface level, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I, I'm disagreeing with your with your suggestion that we enter into the ceremonial aspects of it rather than it just be a, a, an observer's point of view. And I think that being an observer in fireworks or being an observer in a, in a parade or being observer, I, I think it keeps you at that level of distance stepping in into the ceremony aspect of it. That's where I'm disagreeing with you. I think that answers the, the, the yeah, question. Okay, well, again, I would say that unfortunately, especially when it comes to Memorial Day, because of what surrounds it in terms of the sails, in terms of the beaches, in terms of summer, unless you put that solemnity there in a real way, like going to the the, the Bate Kvores, unless you're actually, or in some way watch a video, or some way think about Bemis Bonin. You know, I can't think of a better way to start Memorial Day than to screen the first 25 minutes of Saving Private Ryan. Right. I, I have somebody that is one of the most incredible pieces of filmmaking I think that has ever been done. And it's harrowing. It's terrible. And of course, it was done by our own Jewish friend, uh, Steven Spielberg, as a way to really uh, recognize yeah, yeah, I mean, what the, the idea of showing some level of reality of what it's like. And that, yeah, we won the war. 
and to realize that there were boat after boat after boat that were just being wiped out one after, and they just kept coming. And the only way you're going to do it is when that hundredth boat arrives and three people make it through. Yeah, that that's you're absolutely right. And I do think that I don't know if it should be Memorial Day though. That's just something that every every person should in their journey in life have somewhere in in their mind and understanding that there's people out there who are standing there, Allah Mishmar, and out all over the world to protect the lives. And that's what pe- people, when people say, "We I support our troops," and you know, when people say that, do they really understand what that means? That there's a per- there are thousands, millions of people out there who are. Standing there with guns, but you're right about that. As a since I did teach sociology and I have taught history, I think part of the problem, even Americans have the Memorial Day, and it's sort of filtered in with us cynicism, is that once we got past World War II, and then we had Korea and Vietnam, and let's say Iraq and Afghanistan. There was such a, a, a critical voice from the left saying these wars are imperialism, these wars make no sense, these wars are, and, and when, when word came out about some of the, like the Mille massacre and other things about what the, troops, the WMDs, right, right, so therefore it's almost like, okay, never that they had to die, but not a pride in the sense that this represents, they died for me. I think world, and I don't know how to cure that because most of the people who are celebrating Memorial Day now aren't celebrating World War II deaths. They're celebrating people, friends who might have died in Vietnam. They're celebrating people who died in Iraq, people who died uh, from friendly fire or something like that. And we know that Bush's war is what, in a way, brought the Obama wave in, right? In many ways, uh, the war was considered a, 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 a terrible, aggressive act that had no justification, the war in Iraq, which many uh, American troops died. And because of that, I think there's an ambivalence about Memorial Day as well. Yes, I feel bad for you, and I, I, I thank you for your service, but I, I don't necessarily know if the cause that you died for was correct. The president who sent you was a right-wing extremist. Um, the, the causes there made no sense. We should have yeah. left the Vietnamese well, alone. Well, you know, this, this leads me, I, I want to shift our conversation, if I may. Yes. Um, this it leads us into another conversation, which is as something that I found very interesting, that, you know, there's people in shul, there's people who you talk to, and they all say, like, my, my grandfather fought in World War One. my grandfather fought in World War Two, and, and, and there's, and, you know, those, those veterans have uh, passed away in the last uh, 20, 30 years. And, and there's always this talk about, about the medals and the bravery and the heroics of their actions. And, and the Jews were, were outstanding. And, they, and like you said before, they needed to be on some level in order to justify where they were. And yet, you know, I don't know any Jews whose grandfathers fought in or fathers fought in Korea and Vietnam. Uh, I, I don't know any, I know individuals, individual situations where people have joined the army, but there isn't this sort of um, within the religious community space for um, you know, even joining the army in the first place. And that may be related to what you're saying now, which is the, the shift in the way that the United States itself has seen as troops. You can tell me about that if you want to. But there, I, I think we have to recognize that maybe related to some of this is that we, we don't have this level of connection to the troops because it's no longer within our community. Is there a real attachment to the armed forces of the United States of America? Now, I have a friend 
a, a friend who who is is uh, in the navy and he's uh, you know he's overseas right now and it, it's a, but he's an exception and because he's the exception for the rest of us the army is like some so almost like a foreign entity and maybe that's part of what's um, disconnecting us from well, well, the well, part of it is the fact that you know once uh, there was a volunteer army once the size of the country grew and the defense needs were um, um, scaled down because of technology. Remember, because of what the efficiency of a fire, a fighter bomber, because of the efficiency now of drones and other things, the need to have as many actual troops on the ground is, is lessened. So you have those two together. It's not like it was in World War II. Uh, where the draft was mandatory, where every able-minded person, unless he could get a yeshiva degree, right, or whatever it was, like in Vietnam, it was a volunteer army. And because of that, coupled with the cynicism towards fighting for the United States, and I'm going to throw in something you didn't mention, the halachic consideration as well. And we all know that there is uh, the famous Minchas Chinuch who deals with the, like what the elephant in the room. You have a war that's a Mohemis Rishus, you have a war that isn't clearly for a mitzvah. The king decides we are going to expand greater Israel. And because we need whatever it was, right? Whatever the, the rationale was, we need more space. We got to build more. There's money over there. They're not paying their taxes. Moab has stopped uh, has stopped giving the mas, whatever it was. The tributes, yeah. The, trib- the, the tributes. So those are called Mohemis Rashus. You need Sanhedrin to back it up. Yes, we think it's right. Now, but halakhically, what about the person who's now told to go? Uh, how can he endanger his life? So, well, the... well, avoiding the halakhic issues, I have to concede that the you know, without getting into details of it, but at least to recognize that that's got to be part of the reason. Right, why right, right. But again, I, let me just right. give the minchas here, which is the famous thing that somehow the fact that God understands wars, the fact that He gives credence to Milchemes Rishos, it must be that this cardinal principle of Bikuach Nefesh, which see, which is almost the overriding principle of all Judaism, many people think, is really uh, shunted aside with the reality of war, because otherwise you couldn't go to war. Therefore, war, because it's part of life, because it's what humanity <laughs> incredibly does, and because that seems, right? So therefore, the, the rules of, of Pikuach Nefesh do not apply. Right, and ironically, I know I'm, this is way off the subject, but that that's the same rationale because I've been hearing for a year people say, "Well, of course Judaism has to take strict Corona, the strictest Corona rules possible. In fact, we should be stricter than the than the than the official health organizations because saving a life is the most important thing in Judaism." And actually, uh, I, th- that's not even true in in the way that people say it. And I think that what you're bringing, which is which is a, a great example of it, that the way of the world is not considered a breach in protection. And so too, living on some level of normal life is also, um, right. in some cases, I'm just saying that- It's yeah, part of, okay. yeah, it's connected to Shomer Psoyim Hashem and the fact that, that you might take a job as a bricklayer or as a window yeah, washer. Exactly, yes. but, 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 but But it's really, it's even greater than that because war is, it's, it's not just risky. It's meant on killing, right? It's, it's you're doing an act where you basically know that you are going to get, uh, as you so, saw. So let me turn this into a question. Wait, wait, and, wait, wait, I, I, and I'm gonna, I'm asking you 
So why did it change? If, if you can give it an answer form, why okay. did it change that Jews stopped being um, of those who joined the armed forces? Okay, so on the same level, I don't want to. Right, so, there's still people who do it. Right. So again, so like I said, I think that was part of it. Uh, the things I mentioned before, the cynicism, the fact that um, it's a volunteer, and also halachically, hmm, there's truths from a Menashe Klein about whether you need uh, from Mayor of Mayor Blumenfeld or Menashe Klein about a deserter who went AWOL, whether you need to be ma- master him or not, and whether it's, you're allowed to. And Rabbi Nasha Klein has... I, I'm not sure if you're answering the question. I'm though. going to answer it. Okay. Rabbi Nasha Klein has a whole tshuva explaining how, that especially now, uh, you know, you, you, you shouldn't master the person. You should let him escape the army because maybe bringing him back, you're bringing him back to die. He doesn't have to die. So, and I think there's there's, there's permutations of that saying, what, you're, you're going to... You're, look, because here's the point, Kalman. Once you enlist... There's a certain amount of freedom you have, but you realize that your freedom can be taken away if an emergency situation goes. And you 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 think you're going to get the cushy position in Fort Dix or somewhere near New Jersey or somewhere in some near some Jewish town. But once you're part of that army collective, you might or whatever army or navy, there is the the, the very real possibility that you're going to be serving somewhere in the Arizona desert or overseas in Germany in a place near where fighting might be going on or in the Iraqi desert. So therefore there was this thing, oh, you don't want to do that. Now let me, let let me, let me argue what I think uh, could, could, could change this. Like you said before, of course there are risks. I think that the, 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 high schools that we mentioned before, the modern high schools, the modern high schools um, uh, who produce good citizens, much better citizens, and, and who follow in general the, 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 the dictates of the land much more than the yeshiva world. And we've talked about that before. But what's stressed to them is make money, get into the, make money. <laughs> How are you going to make money? Education will get you in the best school. And Therefore, they are all primed uh, with their SAT scores to get into the to Penn, to get into uh, the top uh, tier colleges in order to get a high paying job. And that is really what they are after from the time they're in second or third grade. And their parents are, are, are who are also those type of people are promoting that. And they want to be like their parents. They don't want to disappoint them. And they want to be able to have that type of cushy life uh, that uh, that happens. The army isn't necessarily, first. besides the danger and the lack of freedom, it doesn't have the pizzazz. It doesn't have uh, the idea of that amount of money. And I think, let me just make this point, that it's it's the school's fault. The schools, the same way the American high schools bring in the ROTC and they bring in the people to to give this as an option, I think that, the, I don't see it happening in the yeshivas, but I think the schools, many of them, the type of schools we've both worked for, should allow these promoters to say, look, you can be in the United States Army. You, first of all, you'll get a free education. There is freedom of religion. And it should be seen more as an option for people. I think it ends up your friend and others that I know and students who it either becomes a, a, a exit valve for chaplains 
and it is a great thing if you can if you can get it the, the benefits are incredible for chaplains or for sort of like the non-run-of-the-mill, the sort of out-of-the-box thinker, uh, the one who sort of enjoys the outdoors and to build his body up, as opposed to realizing that there are so many areas of computer technology, there's so many areas, even the desk work in the army, the, the support aspect of the army uh, is very crucial, even if it's not as glorious as the fighters. And I think we are not doing a good enough job and I would say, Kalman, we are in a way um, uh, doing a, a, a bad job of citizenship, of not telling our kids that this is an option. You're right. You're not going to be able to find probably in many places a tefillah b'tzibur. You're not going to be able to find a dafyomi shir. However, I think the more we encourage it, the more we could point proudly to the amount of Orthodox Jews that are in the various levels of the armed forces. It, it starts from the bottom up. So okay. well, let, let me respond with something that it may be a very unpopular opinion, but I'm going to say it anyway. It, number one, in the yeshiva world, right, we're not even discussing that, right, because what, what you're discussing is in the modern schools. The yeshiva world, you can't even get them to fight in an army that's filled with Jews uh, across the world in a land filled with Jews. You can't even get them to fight in that army. So forget about that, right? They're not going to, they're not going to fight in the U.S. army. Although I did hear once someone said that there was a, a Frim Jew who joined the, joined the armed forces of the United States, and someone said to them, why don't you go to Israel and join? And they said, listen, there's lots of Jews going over there. Who's going to represent us here? Which is a great point. And I think that's kind of the point that you're making here. But, but I think what's happened is, is, I think on some level, not openly, and maybe it's self-conscious, that when the Jews first arrived in the United States, we really didn't have a sense of belonging. We weren't, we weren't really trusting that it's actually safe. And so we felt like maybe we had to invest on a, on a deeper level to show that we are here and we're here to help build. And I think once we became established on some level, and I'm not, I'm not certain about this, uh, and it's not contradicting necessarily any of your theories on why there was a shift. I, I think it goes together on some level. There was a certain sense of, listen, we're safe here. So if we're safe here, then we, we want to draw our lines and boundaries. And like I said before, you know, we'll give it lip service and maybe mean it. And so it's not lip service. But, but not necessarily going to the world of ceremony. So we'll give the appreciation and maybe our support. And maybe maybe the, the flag, maybe the flag is something that, that we can start instituting a little more. But joining the army is that next level. That's, that's, that's the equivalent of actually performing the ceremony. I think we came to an understanding that that wasn't necessary for our survival, even if you may be right that it would be necessary for our, and, and what we've heard over thousands of years is that the reason why Egypt happened was because when we got into Goshen, we started becoming a little too Egyptian. The Torah says, Ve'achsuba. they took hold. And so, and then we tell ourselves, the reason why Spain happened is because we started feeling, Berlin is the new Yerushalayim. And we, we were always taught this, that we have to be really careful about allowing this to happen. And I think that on some level is telling people that we've got to draw these lines. And I think joining the armed forces is in a way saying, I'm much more American than I am Jewish or at least people believe that that's what they're saying. And that's what causes people to distance themselves from it. You know, I, I, right I, I, I think that's part of the psyche of the process 
even even if you'll disagree that it's right or wrong, would you concede that that's on some part of the of what's moved people to behave in this way? Yeah. Look, yes, I do agree that it's considered a, a, like a betrayal of your identity, and 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 and, and, and it's such a ugly thing. Uh, to believe I, again, because there are jobs that people take that <laughs> run counter to halacha. <laughs> so many ways, whether whether it has to do with hilchas yichud, whether it has to do with gnevish amaisis that the company is doing, whether it has to do with working till the last second before Shabbos and rushing home with the fear of chilul Shabbos raising over your head. There's so many choices, uh, corners that are cut in, in the real estate field, in the business field, in in the legal field. In terms of representing, I'm not liking all this lashon hara. It's it's it's. Listen, people are. People, My point is, are, is that every job you have that isn't Shakua in the Illinois Center of Jewish Studies or is teaching the Shiva Newark or sitting in the Kailo Chazanish and preparing Chaburis is going to have elements of, oh, look what world I'm part of. Now, it's true. The army, you, the difference is, is that at five o'clock, you don't get into your, uh, into your SUV and drive home. If you go to your barracks or you go to the place, but we know that it's about a service for a certain amount of years. You don't stay in the army forever. You don't become necessarily a career person, but at least it's something that you give some of your, your best energies for. And I, I think that it can be packaged in a way as an option. Right now, it's right now it's under the radar completely. And therefore, I think that that is something which, again, you probably need to show Eitzah from your rabbi, from your rabbi Warch or your rabbi Kivalevich or whichever rabbi you go to. If you are thinking of joining the army, how to do it in a way where you are, you are able to navigate the halachic issues. But I think the, 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 it would be a, a tremendous, not only just a Kiddush Hashem, I think eventually what it would cause is a better citizenship in the United States. Because Enochanami, you would, oh, so on the Shidduch resumes, it would say, brother, accountant, brother, dentist, brother, lieutenant. And no one would say, no one would bat an eye. They would say, yeah, okay, very fine. And in that way, I think, listen, we should all be Zoha to, to be us Mashiach, and, 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 and there should be no Melchamas, right? That there should be, well, you saw Goyo, Goy but on but Bizdale site till we should probably do a better job. And that means I think starting with recognizing what's what the great sacrifice is, and then not just saying, Boy, I can never do that, but actually thinking, you know, that person was noble. That person didn't just uh, uh, take the benefits of America because otherwise he would die and have to do this. He wasn't just a, a parasite. He was a giver to the country. And I think that is what recognizing Memorial Day can be the beginning of, and it can lead to something great as far as that goes. So I would say on that note, uh, and I'm not going to play taps, although maybe that's what we should do in terms of recognizing those, those heroes. Uh, and even the heroes who died in wars that perhaps have now been labeled uh, terrorist wars, or wars of imperialism. Realize what that meant, the love of country, the love of a country that's built on tolerance, built on recognition of the other, built on acceptance of all religions. Recognize those people who died 
for their country. I will say, you know, I had the uh, honor, the great honor to participate in, in, a, in a funeral that involved both the full religious Jewish tradition, as well as, you know, members of the uh, Navy came in and they performed. And the, the, the tone of the Leviah was improved, if I, could, if I don't have a better word. Sure. It was made much more meaningful. By by the joining um, of the uh, of the soldiers of the United States to this war hero, a man who fought and 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 survived well, in, in battle. There is actually a beautiful tshuva that uh, was uh, explicated by on our on the Shiva New York platform uh, a number of years ago about a a person who wanted to be buried in at Arlington. He was a war uh, hero. And the halacha, the halacha question of whether he could, is that, is that a problem of not being buried Very interesting tshuva uh, from the Rav in Washington uh, at the time, Rabbi Clavin. And um, it really bespeaks this issue about how the two can actually meld together. And it can really be something, as you say, uh, that is, it, it, but on the other hand, realize that what I think has contributed to that messianic time, I'm going to add to the Rambam's end of Hilchas Malachim. The same way the Rambam says it's borrowed to him that Christianity and Islam rose as a way to be machsher the karka for the geula, I'm going to throw in on myself that it's borrowed to me that the 18th century revolutional ideas that produced the United States was also there to be machsher the karka for the the Moshe Mashiach. What the that that was also something that became, as we know, the most powerful, influential uh, country on the planet. The Rebbeinu Shalom wanted that to happen because that is a chelik of the hechsher for the geula, and it's important to really be part of that. It's common. I think that uh, maybe I've got you reconsidering you uh, after this discussion to maybe reconsider getting those citizenship papers after all you never know <laughs> right uh, yeah I, it's not going there but uh, but I, I do have um, I think a, 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 an understanding of how much appreciation there needs to be yes okay so he's my ex limey friend who is now basking in the good old Midwest of US of A Rabbi Kalman Warch and my Chavrusa a lieutenant general in the army of Hashem, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich. Take care, everybody. Have a, have a meaningful Memorial Day. We'll see we catch you next week. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. From Chicago, this is the Harusa. I'm Avram Kivalevich. I'm a Harusa. Um, uh, <laughs> we got to do that again now. This is a blooper. You just did a blooper.